Welcome to the Adventist Church of the Woodlands podcast, where you will find sermons, devotional thoughts, and current event conversations, all based on a biblical worldview. substance by which you were saved? Now, I don't want you to answer out loud, but I want you to think in your mind, what is grace? If if you've been a Seventh-day Adventist long enough, then if you've tried to show someone something from the Bible, they've probably responded to, yes, 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 (laughs) but I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. What did they mean? I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. What is grace? Okay, it's pretty important that we understand what that is. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray that your ears will hear quickly because I'm going to be speaking quickly. But if I'm talking too fast for someone, slip your hand up and I'll try to... Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed when? A lot of people don't understand this. And that's a whole, that's multiple sermons to try to get into that subject. Ready to be revealed in the last time. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Go to the next slide for me. 
If grace plus faith equals saved, for by grace are you saved through faith, and if the power of God plus faith equals salvation, you are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, then you remember being in high school, don't you? Would you agree with me that if grace plus faith equals saved and the power of God plus faith equals salvation, that grace equals the... I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. Is that what they mean? I'm under the power of God? When the average Christian, including the average Seventh-day Adventist today, thinks of the word grace, they think, oh, I'm, I'm under forgiveness of God. I'm not under the law, I'm forgiven. I'm under grace. Okay? If we are saved by grace through faith, if that is the substance, the basis of our salvation, we better understand what it is. Amen? I don't do this often. And, and, but if you go and look in the Strong's Concordance, the word for grace, charis, you see on the third line, it is especially the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. What is grace? According to what they say the Greek means, it is the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. Because can God be working in your heart? Can Does God speak and it happens? He says, little girl, rise. Let there be light. If God is working in your heart, is it going to be seen? So grace is the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. Go to the next slide. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. But Noah found grace. I thought grace was a New Testament thing. The God of the Old Testament was the God of works, but now we're under. Is that what the Bible says? Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. Noah found grace. Did Noah find forgiveness? Yes. Is that principally what Noah found because the Bible says he was perfect? In his generation, because grace, the power of God is going to be revealed when? Specifically in the last time. Noah found power. How could he have been perfect? Through his own effort? By the divine influence in Noah's heart. Noah's perfect. He found grace. Praise God, it wasn't just for the New Testament, right? 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. For this thing Paul had authority in flesh. And he said, for this thing, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And God said unto Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect. God is speaking. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, Paul says, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Why? Because when I recognize my own weakness, then what power begins to work in me? My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength 
is made perfect in weakness, I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Go to that next slide. The Greek, again, go to the New Strong's Concordance. The word strength and power in that verse is the Greek word dunamis. Can you think of any English word from which we might get the word dunamis? Go to the prior slide. God said, my grace, the divine influence in the heart is sufficient for my strength, my grace, my dynamite. My divine influence is sufficient for you. And Paul said, I'd rather be weak so that the dynamite, the power, the grace of God can rest upon me. And we need to remember, because when we are weak, then the Holy Spirit can use us and fill us. When we're self-sufficient, when we're self-righteous, when we're strong, well, then God's on the side. But when I'm weak, then the power, the grace, the dynamite of God can show in my life. Go to the next slide. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to whom? And to them that have no strength, no might, he increases, he increases power, he increases grace. For whom? For the strong, the haughty, the proud, the self-righteous Seventh-day Adventist? No. He gives grace, he gives power to those who are faint, to those who have no strength. That's why Paul says, when I'm weak, then he is strong in me. Amen. Next. Titus chapter 2. For the grace of God, the grace of God that brings salvation. How are we saved? Grace, the power of God, accepted by faith. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, godly. When? In heaven? We talked about this morning. Someone mentioned in Sabbath school the, in, uh, the indoctrination class when we get to heaven. If we wait to heaven for that indoctrination class, I'm going to suggest to you it might be a little late. <laughs> because the power of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And that power, because it is not just forgiveness. I'm not telling you that forgiveness is not a component of it. Okay? But when you look in your Bible, or you look in the spirit of prophecy, and you read the word grace, substitute the word forgiveness, and it might work one out of ten times, probably less than that. If, however, when you read your Bible, you see the word grace, you substitute the word power, it'll work almost every single time. Yet in the Christian world, we say, oh, I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. And somehow we mean, I'm just, I'm forgiven. I, I, I can do what I want because I'm <laughs> forgiven. No, grace teaches us to live godly now. Okay? Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from some of our sin. He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Well, you're just a fanatic. Yeah, for God. I used to be a fanatic for the Texans and Rockets. And if when I was a boy, the Astros had won two, serial, two World Series in six years, I would have flipped my wig. Okay? And, and no one would have thought anything of me. I've been zealous and a fanatic, and everyone said, cool. 
be a zealous for God, be zealous of good works, and that legalist. Romans chapter 2, verse 3. Thinkest thou, O man, that judgest them which do such things and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that it is the goodness, the grace, the love of God that leads to repentance? It is the good. Where is God's goodness most clearly shown? Nature? Where is the love of God, the goodness, the grace of God most clearly shown, folks? It should be in our lives because grace is the divine influence of the heart reflected in the life. But it's shown most clearly God came to do what? It's shown on a man dying, hanging on a cross, not for his sin, for mine. The goodness, the, the power of God is Jesus Christ dying on that cross for your sins. Not while you were asking for forgiveness, but while you were spitting on him, while you didn't want anything to do with him. He didn't die because you were good. He died to make you good. And that, the power of God, the grace of God is displayed most clearly on the cross. It is the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Go ahead. First John chapter 4, 19. We love him. And by the way, if you love him, what do you do? We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. You see, it is the power, the grace, the goodness, the love of God that leads to a righteous life. Okay? Living a righteous life is not a legalist. Can be. Right? We can choose to make it because we're strong. <laughs> we're self-righteous. Right? No, when we're weak, then the power of God, the grace of God that teaches us to deny ungodliness. That's the power we want. That's the, that's the power we need. That's the only power that actually works. Okay? We love him because he first loved us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 says the same thing. For the love of Christ constraineth us. A more modern version will say controlleth us or compels us. The, does the love of Christ constrain you? <coughs> I don't live in Houston anymore. Road rage is a little bit easier to deal with now that you know I don't see a four-lane highway unless I go 15 miles. Does the love of Christ compel you when that idiot cuts you off? Does the grace, the power of Christ constrain what floats through your mind, much less what comes out of your mouth. Yeah. It's the divine influence in the heart. By grace are you saved. Not forgiveness. By the power of God are you saved. Go ahead. Maranatha, page 91. There is but one power that can break the whole of evil from the hearts of men. And that is the power of God in Christ Jesus. His grace, his power alone can enable us to resist and subdue the tendencies of our fallen nature. But upon him who looks at Jesus as the author and finisher of his faith, Satan's temptation hath no power. He cannot cause to sin the one who will accept by faith the virtues of him next, who is tempted in all points as we are yet without sin. The expulsion of sin is the act of the soul itself. 
Follow this closely. The expulsion, the expulsion of sin is the act of the soul itself. True, we have no power to free ourselves from Satan's control. We have what? Not of ourselves. But when we desire to be set free from sin, does anyone desire to be set free from sin? Every problem that you have in this life is caused by one three-letter word. When we desire to be set free from sin and in our great need cry out for a power out of and above ourselves, the powers of the soul are imbued with the divine energy. What was the definition of, of grace? The divine energy, the divine influence. When we desire it, the powers of the soul are imbued with the divine energy of the Holy Spirit and they, they obey the dictates next, of the will in fulfilling the will of God. God will have a people zealous of good works, standing firm amid the pollutions of this degenerate age. Amen. There will be a people who hold so fast to the divine strength. Give me another word. One word. Grace. Who will hold so fast to divine grace, strength, that they will be proof against every temptation. Because my grace is sufficient for you. That's everything you need. You got to take hold of it by faith. By grace, through faith, are you saved. By the way, saved from what? Is that why Jesus came? Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the angel Gabriel told Joseph, You shall call that child Jesus, for he shall save his people from sin. Because Jesus can rescue you from a problem. Can he not? We pray for that all the time, don't we? Don't we pray for Jesus to save us from our problems? But what's the cause of every problem you have? How about he just save you from the, pro the thing that causes every problem? Is that a little bit better? Is that a better solution? You think God came to offer us band-aids? Next. Council on Health, page 592. We should not pattern after the world. We are to view the world as a corrective influence, as salt that retains its savor. Among an unholy, impure, idolatrous generation. Do we live in such a generation? Amen. Yes. Among an unholy, impure, idolatrous generation, we are to be pure and holy, showing that the grace of Christ has what? Power. Power to restore in man the divine likeness. My grace is sufficient for you. We are to exert a saving influence upon the world. I'm not under law. I'm under grace. I don't mean I'm forgiven. By God's grace, by his power, my life, our lives, should tell the world that Jesus Christ is God. Next. Testimonies, volume 4, page 444. The steps upward to heaven must be taken one at a time. Every advanced step strengthens us for the next. The transforming power of the grace of God. Is grace forgiveness? By the transforming power of the grace of God upon the human heart is a work which but few comprehend because they are too lazy, too indolent to make the necessary effort. Well, I thought it was all the gift of God. Has a man ever given a woman beautiful flowers? And she wasn't so happy with them, and she dropped them on the floor and stomped on them. Oh. How good were the flowers? 
The power comes from God, but you got to pick it up. Next. Testimonies, Volume 4, page 499. The habits formed in youth, although they may in the afterlife be somewhat modified, are seldom essentially changed. Guard your children. Your entire life has been molded by the legacy of character transmitted to you at your birth. He's talking to a particular gentleman. Your father's perverse temperament has seen in, is seen in his children. The grace of God can overcome these wrong tendencies, but what a battle must be fought. The what can overcome it? The forgiveness of God? The power of God. The grace of God can overcome it, but you're going to have to fight. Next. Child guidance, page 164. Our first duty to God and our fellow beings is in self-development. What's your first duty to God? What's your first duty to man? Self-development. Every faculty with which the Creator has endowed us should be cultivated to the highest degree of perfection that we may be able to do the greatest amount of good of which we are capable. In order to purify and refine our characters, we need the forgiveness. We need the power, folks. We need the power, the grace given us of Christ that will enable us to see and to correct our deficiencies and improve that which is excellent in our characters. What does the law do? Shows us your sin. What does grace do? Gives you the power to overcome. Right? I'm not under grace. We are not under grace. We're under, I mean, we're not under the law. We're under grace. We just need to understand what that means. Next. Second Peter chapter 1. Go back one. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through... This is Second Peter chapter 1. Grace and peace, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord, according as his divine power, according as his grace, has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Is grace sufficient? You better believe it. According as his divine power, grace, has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. Skipping to verse 5. And besides this, Peter says, give all, giving all diligence at your faith, virtue unto virtue, knowledge unto knowledge, temperance, keep going, and to temperance, patience unto patience, godliness to godliness, brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness, charity. Skipping to verse 10. Wherefore, brethren, give diligence. Give what? Diligence. It's God's power. You can sit back and kick your feet up, right? Is that what diligence means? Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, because if you do these things, you will never fall. Do you believe that? Do, you, do, you, do we understand what it means to never fall, by the way? What had happened in the Garden of Eden? Adam and Eve did what? Sin. They fell, right? I mean, Hosea chapter 14, verse 1 says, In Israel has fallen by its iniquity. The spirit of prophecy says this is God's insurance policy. You can go and study 2 Peter chapter 1 because if you, with the power of God, the grace of God, that's where this passage started. And then if you do these things, you will never sin. Do you believe that? Because it is by grace through. Do you believe that God's grace is sufficient for you? That by his power, taking hold of it by faith, you would. Never have to sin again. That's legalism. God said it's going to be revealed in the last time. Go ahead. 
Matthew chapter 28, you all know this. Jesus came and spake unto them. He's about to leave the earth. And he says, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. All power is given to me, Jesus says, so you go. Go to the next slide. Testimonies volume 9, page 186. Shall we not strive to use to the very best of our ability the little time that is left us in this life? <coughs> grace to grace, power to power, making it manifest that we have a source of power in the heavens above. Where's the power coming from? Christ, the heavens above. Christ says, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. What is this power given him for? It's for you. That's why he said, go. I thought all power, man, is for you. All power is given. What is this power for? It's for us. He desires us to realize that he has returned to heaven as our elder brother next. And that the measureless power given him has been placed at your disposal. Measureless power. His grace is sufficient for you. Those who will carry out in, our li in their lives the instruction given to the church through Apostle Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, we just read, will receive power from above. Faith comes by how? Hearing, hearing by the word of God. You need to go home this afternoon and read 2 Peter chapter 2 about 50 times. Because he, because the power, do you doubt the power of God? The only thing now is, to, do I have enough faith to receive it? Well, I pick up the roses, because they're beautiful and they smell nice. But most people choose to stomp them underfoot. They will receive power from above. Next. Luke chapter 2, verse 40. The child, Jesus grew, and he waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. And the grace, of, the grace was on Jesus for the child. Was the forgiveness of God upon him? Did Jesus sin? Ever? Was he the spotless lamb of God? When the Bible says the great grace was upon him, what was that grace? Power. Next. First, uh, John chapter 1. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Moses showed us something that showed us what sin is. But when Jesus Christ came and his goodness, his grace, his love was displayed on the power, that is the power of God to set us free. Not from some sin. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came from Jesus. Go ahead. And with great power, Acts 4, 33, gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and great what was upon them. Great grace, great power gave the apostles, and great forgiveness was upon them? No, it's the same word. Grace is power. Is that what most Christians say when they say, I'm under grace? Next. Romans chapter 6, okay, because this is one of the famous verses. Romans chapter 6, for in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign, rule in your mortal body, that you should obey in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin will not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, you're under forgiveness. Is that what it's saying? 
No. You are under the power of God. There's no reason why sin should have rule over you. If the power of God is in you, does the devil stand a chance? Tell me one time the devil beats God, beat Jesus. When you are weak, then you let him be strong. And if Jesus Christ is living in the divine influence on the heart that is reflected in the light, his grace is sufficient. The only question for us is whether by faith we'll actually believe in the power of God. Because most of us are worried about the power of the devil. Forget him. He got kicked out. He's a loser. Now don't try to fight him yourself because you, you will lose. Okay? But the power of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God. Next. Jude chapter 1, verse 4. There are certain men crept in unawares. By the way, they're foaming at the mouth. Later, the scripture says, how can someone that's foaming at the mouth have crept in unawares? <laughs> but it happens in our churches all the time. There are certain men crept in unawares who are before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you understand what Jude prophesied would happen? <clears throat> men would come along and say, grace, they turn the power of God to overcome all sin, they have turned grace into lasciviousness. Grace is the very substance by which we can continue to sin and say we're saved. And Jude called it. Okay? Don't listen to him, and for heaven's sakes, don't believe him. Because this is the majority of Christianity, and it has crept into our church. And we believe we can just keep sinning and go right on through the pearly gates. And the Bible doesn't say it. They've turned grace, the power of God, into the very substance by which men think we can continue to sin and go home with God. Next. 2 Timothy chapter 3. This also know that in the last days perilous times shall come traitors, heady, uh, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. And this is not talking about the world out there. It's talking about the world in here. Okay. Having a form of godliness. The, does the world out there have a form of godliness? The Bible is written for the church, right? Inside here. Having a form of godliness, but denying the... They've taken the grace of God into lasciviousness. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such... I didn't say it. From such, you need to turn away. You need to stop listening to them. Because someone said it in Sabbath school this morning. If you continue to listen to the same lie over and over again... And I don't want to get political. It's very easy to see what news channel people listen to since COVID. What you listen to, true or false, because both sides, Bible says say on the straight and narrow road. Bible says many times not to the left, not to the right. So this is not a political statement. Okay. Don't fall off to the left or the right. Make sure you're listening to the word of God. And from such who have turned the power of God into lasciviousness, the Bible says very pointedly, very clearly, turn away. Do not listen to them. Okay? Because if you listen to lies, they are ever learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Keep going. 
Galatians chapter 6, verse 18. This is the last verse of the book of Galatians. Paul says, brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Is Paul wishing them forgiveness? He's wishing them the power of God. Next. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 24. It's the last verse of the book to the Ephesians. Grace be with them all that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Is he wishing them forgiveness? He's wishing them the power of God because it's sufficient. It's everything they need by faith to be saved. Next. Philippians 4.23. It's the last verse of the book of Philippians. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Next. 2 Peter chapter 3. Now the Apostle Peter is ending his epistle, his letter to the people. But grow in grace. Grow in forgiveness. Is that what he's saying? No. Grow in power, folks. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Grow in the power of God. Next. Revelation chapter 1, verse 4. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. John to all the churches of all time. Grace, power be unto you, and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before us thrown and from Jesus Christ, because all power is given unto him. But what is it for? You. Next. The last verse of the Bible. The forgiveness of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Is that what it's trying to tell you? The grace, the power of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. So be it. Because that power is all you need if you'll take hold of it by faith. Next. By the way, I forgot to ask. Did these get passed out? They're, they're at the back. So when you leave, there's a list of all these citations. I give them out because I don't want you to believe me. You've got to go back and read this for yourself. Read the whole chapter. Read the whole page, the whole paragraph. Make sure you see it for yourself, folks. Go home and make sure these things are true. Testimonies, Volume 4, page 552. Private fashion hold men and women in the various slavery customs which are fatal to health. That's a whole big subject that most of us don't want to talk about. Which are fatal to health and even to life itself. The appetites and passions clamoring for indulgence trample reason and conscience underfoot. This is the cruel work of Satan. He is constantly putting forth the most determined efforts to strengthen the chains by which he has bound his victims. Nothing but the grace of God can convict and convert the heart. Nothing but the power, the grace of God can convict and convert the heart. Here alone the slaves of custom obtain power, obtain what? Grace, power, to break the shackles next, which bind them. The self-indulgent must be led to see and feel that a great moral renovation is necessary if they would meet the claims of their divine law. Because when I'm weak, when I recognize my weakness, when I recognize my fall, then... I let God. If the soul temple has been defiled and God calls upon them to arouse and strive with all their might to win back the God-given manhood which has been sacrificed through, sorry, through sinful indulgence. Next. Go ahead and go to the next one. Thank you. Philippians chapter 2. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. See, some people think when they read some of the Spirit of Prophecy, uh, that's self-righteousness. You have, to, you have to get your own struggle, your own endeavor. No, the Bible says it. Work out your own salvation, what? With fear and trembling. But never forget 
It is God which worketh in you. It is the divine influence in the heart. It is the grace, the power of God in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Who would ever get self-righteous when you're weak? Who would ever get legalistic and point your bony finger at someone else when you understand it's the power of God at work in me? I, I just need to encourage my brother to let the power of God work in him. Because that's all that's working in me, because I'm weak. But when I'm weak, praise God, then I'm strong. Because then the power of God, Paul says, can rest in me. Next. Testimonies, testimonies volume 4, page 57. My brethren, we are living in a solemn time. An important work is to be done for our own souls and for the souls of others, or we shall meet an infinite loss. We must be transformed by the grace of God, or we shall fail of heaven. And through our influence, others will fail with us. Are we living in a solemn and awesome time? The morning watch for this year, some weeks ago, said, you know, it may be another century before Jesus comes. That's a terrible lie. I'm happy to talk to anyone about that later. Jesus Christ is soon to come. Amen. The power of God is ready to be revealed in the last time. God's eyes go to and fro through all the earth. Who will let me in? No. Jesus Christ this morning is knocking on the door of our hearts. But he's not a rapist. He's not a murderer. He's not a burglar. He's not going to kick the door in. Who will let him in? Next. Acts of the Apostles, page 55. The old, those only who are constantly receiving fresh supplies of grace will have power, dynamite, I added the word, will have power proportionate to their daily need and their ability to use that power. It's not that I listened to a Randy Skeet sermon two weeks ago. It's that I'm in the Word of God today. Right? You need fresh supplies of the power of God if you're to overcome... The challenge of tomorrow that God gave you strength to overcome will not be overcome by the power that you got yesterday. This is why Jesus was up early in the morning. This is why he sent manna for 40 years and taught them. If you don't get up early and get the manna, the sun makes it melt. How many of us get up and before we get the manna, we get our phone and work and Facebook and everything in the world gets our attention. And then we walk out the door, you know, road rage, our boss is an idiot, and we lose our cool, and, and we're like, oh, man, this is just, I, I can't stop. No, you can't, because you didn't get the power. Because fresh supplies of his grace, fresh supplies of his power are necessary every day, and then some. Next. Desire of Ages, page 294. Judas felt the influence of that divine power which was drawing souls to the Savior. The Savior read the heart of Judas. He knew the depths of iniquity to which, unless delivered by the grace of God, unless delivered by the power of God, Judas would sing. In connecting this man with himself, Jesus placed Judas where he might day by day be brought into contact with the outflowing of his own unselfish love. If he would open his heart to Christ, Divine grace would banish the demon of selfishness, and even Judas might become a subject of the kingdom of God. Next. 
Nebuchadnezzar, page uh, Prophets and Kings 519. For a time, the impression of the warning and the counsel of the prophet was strong upon Nebuchadnezzar. But the heart that is not transformed by the power of the grace of God soon loses the impressions of the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of us walking around with a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Because if the grace of God, the law shows you your sin, and the grace shows you your sin and then gives you the power. And some of us deny the power of Christ because the heart that sees but is not transformed loses the impressions of the Holy Spirit, and then it just becomes a form. There's a lot of dead men walking in the church. Self-indulgence and ambition had not yet been eradicated from the king's heart, and later on these traits reappeared. Nebuchadnezzar saw by the life of Daniel, saw by the words and the actions of Daniel and those other three Hebrew worthies, that there was a better way. But he dabbled with it. We can't afford to be dabbling. We gotta be all in. Next, and we'll actually close here. For by grace, through faith, are you saved. That's perhaps the most misunderstood verse in all scripture. People think by forgiveness, I'm saved. There's an element of forgiveness. Don't, don't misunderstand me. But again, I, I just I challenge you. And, and from now on, when you read your Bible, when you read that word grace, I want you to say, can I slip the word forgiveness in there? That doesn't make any sense. Can I slip the word power in there? Almost always, it'll now it'll make perfect sense because the power, the grace of God is sufficient. And by that power, and only by that power, through your faith, which is a gift of God itself, by grace through faith are we saved. We need to understand that in our own lives. And then we need to help save a dying world, including a dying Christian world who have turned the grace of God into lasciviousness. Mm -hmm. Because that's not what it is. It is the power of God. The closing song.
this morning is longing to see his face? Will you this moment his grace receive? Do you want the power of Jesus Christ to rest upon you? Because it is sufficient for you. Whatever the thorn in the flesh be, the grace of Christ is enough. Will you this morning by faith say, Jesus, I believe your grace is sufficient, not for the person standing beside you. It's sufficient for me. I'm closing my eyes. This is for God to see. Will you raise your hand if you want to say, God, I believe that your grace is sufficient for me. Heavenly Father, you see the hands of your people. Father, we want to believe. Father, I pray, Lord, that you will increase our faith. Father, may we study and read your word that our faith may be increased. Father, your power will not fail. The only thing that can stop us from being saved, Father, is if we choose not to believe. Help us, Father, not to get distracted by the world. Help us, Father, to receive and to seek fresh supplies of your grace day by day, moment by moment, Father. Help us to understand our incredible weakness, Father, so that your indescribable power, your indescribable dynamite, your grace might rest upon us. Please, Father, we are weak, but you are strong. And so, Father, by thy grace, save us into thy kingdom, Father. Save us from our sin. This grace is able to cleanse it all. Father, we choose to believe this morning. May it be unto us as we believe, is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Adventist Church of the Woodlands podcast. You can find us at woodlandsadventist.org and you can visit us anytime. You're more than welcome. God bless you and have a great day.